1: Hi, this is comedian and depressed alcoholic James Nokise, and you're listening to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower, a podcast about headspace and happiness. From my safe space, the shower with fried chicken. This episode, we're talking to international comedy superstar Rose Matafeo. We'll talk about reconnecting with New Zealand. I honestly don't think Kiwis understand how big you are in the UK.
0: Even though I try and tell them every time in supermarkets, I'm huge overseas, guys.
1: Yeah. Reconnecting with her fans.
0: The very idea or notion of a New Zealander trying to be funny is, an, is offensive.
1: And reconnecting with her Samoan heritage. I've never I've been to
0: isn't You've it? Never been to Samoa.
1: No, because I'm the worst. Some of this will get a bit real the language, the subjects. So make sure you're in a safe space with your comfort food. And join us, Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower Hi and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower with me, James Nokise And today I am joined by uh, a comedian, uh, writer, uh, actor, uh, podcaster (laughs) Yeah Yeah, Yeah, uh, an amateur musician
0: Yeah, ish Yeah,
1: I've I've heard you're picking up the
0: yoke. Oh yes, yes, yes yeah. Oh, yes, I do. I I have picked up the uke. I, I forgot it. I lifted it. <laughs> I was That's, supposed to bring it. Are we going to bring it? I was going to bring it. Uh,
1: let's, well, we'll improvise. Yeah. Um, Rose Matafeo. Hi. Uh, full disclosure, just in case we get a bit too in-jokey yeah. between us. Uh, Rose and me are related, yes. which, which we found out after...
0: About four years
1: of joking about being yeah.
0: related. That was—it's so, amazing. We were both tagged in. Well, s- s- family members were tagged in the same old photograph yeah. of some older Samoan men. Yeah. <laughs> and, was, and then, because my dad always, whenever your name came up or whatever, in, yeah. in, in the context of comedy, yeah. he'd always be like, "Okay, so are they, where? where are they from? Where are they from?" <laughs> Oh, I just, uh, and then kind of would like look off into the middle distance and sort of just kind of fade, you know, fade out. And I'm like, well, he's on his own journey there. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, it turned out that our, our well, it's our granddads are cousins, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I figured it's Singapore uh, yes. in Survei. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So where Masveil was from? No, oh, right. That's my granddad. Yeah,
1: that's Pippinokisa. says my granddad. That's where he's from. Have you ever been?
0: No, no I've no, never, never been to Samoa, isn't it? You've never been to Samoa? No, because I'm the worst.
1: Actually, yeah, wow. Yeah. Now, see, now all the Samoans listening to this are going, I know
0: it. I know it. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault that my dad <laughs> won't take me and looks off into the middle distance whenever he about <laughs> his past, okay? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> what, I don't know, man. He's a mysterious Samoan, dude. Yeah, my,
1: my dad's a bit like that, too. He just springs stuff on me. Mm. It, are you, like cuz you're you're yeah. coming to the, like late 20s now yes. and I found that's when yeah. my dad all the stories of Samoa just like every time we catch out. up it's just like and I remember <laughs> in Samoa
0: my well, my dad was born here and so he he's he's more into he actually is a big fan of this podcast. Oh really? Yeah, he does listen. He's is pretty it's pretty happy that I, I'm going to be on it. <laughs> uh so you know, I can't wait to like censor myself but talking about my own dad. But um my dad, uh, he's born here. So his his kind of story is always like more like um, walking me around Ponsonby and and being like, that's the house I was born in, that's yeah. the church that I went to. This is a you know and then now it's all just, you know, middle class people living in villas that yeah. have, you know I remember was ta- I was taking photos of him in lockdown. I was going through a Going for like a distance walk with him around Ponsonby. Yeah. He loves to talk about uh, it's. He does. Yeah, it's 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 great. He does takes me on a walking tour of basically the history of Ponsonby way back in the day. Well, that's um, great. Which is awesome. That's yeah. like
1: the history of Samoa in New Zealand. It's yeah. just walking around, pointing at mansions, going,
0: "Hey, we used to live there." Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Let's get into the chicken. I and, really am and hungry. Talk about it yeah. because I know you're hungry. I'm so hungry. What are we eating, Rose oh. Okay, um,
0: uh, this is sneaky snacky. Um, It is from um, uh, Lim Chow's uh, Chow's Food Court in Mm -hmm. Cairo. And I just discovered this. Uh, Full disclosure, I ate this last Saturday Mm -hmm. and I ate wings from here on Tuesday. So
1: Hashtag blessed
0: Hashtag blessed And the, the, the crinkling sound you're hearing is um, gloves <laughs> Got a glove Plastic gloves Because oh, it's, it's always a good sign Yeah because it's so So basically the whole, uh, this is a donut burger Donut fried chicken burger <laughs> uh-huh. So the, 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 the fried chicken um, comes in a donut Which you can Amazing. get glazed or unglazed oh Thank goodness God. we got unglazed Oh this looks so good <laughs> oh my god I'm so happy so you can get it glazed I yeah. will say yeah when it, you get it glazed it does look pretty it's reminiscent of some something <laughs> and I won't say what but um it's a full-on thing to watch someone eat it but yeah okay
1: all right here mm-hmm. we go
0: mm. 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 yeah oh wow it's good right
1: that's all the flavours.
0: It's all the flavours. We've got pickles, mm.
1: we've
0: got a dill mayo, A little bit cheese. of a burn coming in there. A little bit, but I think this is a Nashville hot. Mm. Uh. <laughs> oh mm. my goodness. I'm so happy to be eating this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: Well, yeah, because we're both um, London-based.
0: Yeah. Um, how are you going? How are you going now being back here? Isn't that bizar- Isn't it bizarre?
1: It is bizarre.
0: It's fucking weird, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's
1: at, at this time of year as yep. well, because traditionally we're both gearing up for the, um, for the big fringe.
0: Oh my God, it's, 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 yeah, it's really strange to not have the structure of um, festivals, even though I'm not even, I wasn't even gonna do the festivals mm. really this year, I was gonna go to them and like probably do stuff for them. And it, it's just bizarre to have that whole structure taken away from you. Yeah, it?
1: you don't sort of realize you've like, mm. cause all all like, oh no, we, we travel the world and we do this and it's mm-hmm. like, actually there's quite a structure to what we mm. do. Probably. This festival, that festival, the run-up of gigs, mm-hmm. the little weird open mic spots to figure out that last five minutes to host the whole show together.
0: It's such a routine. And it's um, it's really dire what's going on up in London because you know that the like, UK and London in particular is a very unique place to be able to do live comedy. Mm. More so than the US here, Australia, and that there's so many people. It's like a way bigger industry... And it's one that can support, you know, a circuit of comedians, unlike other countries, particularly here. And places are just closing. Like, mm. There's like so quickly, and they're going to I think there was a,
1: a study that came out. Was it said eighty percent of live comedy in the UK was in danger. Yeah. From closing, and I, yeah. I feel, I'm still reckoning with that. Yeah. What that means.
0: Totally.
1: Like, it's 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 very. I mean, for our for our listeners to understand, the UK is the biggest live scene. I don't think that's yeah. hyperbole. it's the No, definitely. And a lot of comedians over the years from all over the world mm-hmm. have have gone to the UK scene um, to become better at stand up. Mm-hmm. If, if nothing else, even if they don't make it, the, there's mm. so much work there. You can just hone your craft.
0: Mm-hmm. So, got a mouthful of burger. that right. Trying to make. A point. This is the show A really that. serious point. Mm. Mm. It, it definitely is a place where I've got much better at performing live than, you know, here. Oh, much it's, better. It's
1: very interesting to hear the 2018 winner of the Edinburgh Fringe Awards <laughs> just <laughs> casually say they got much better. Oh, got much
0: <laughs> better. Yeah. Well, I'm still shit. And also, also, I'm still shit here. Like, I did a gig the other day. It was like my first gig in like f- what, four months, five months. Yeah. And it wasn't terrible, but audiences are every time I go mm. from the UK back to here it's mm. always a period of readjustment yes, because the, the audience yeah, yeah but the, the audiences are just like there is no doubt that the audiences are so much harder here yeah. do you think
1: so? I, I think so I think it's it's harder here partly because we're Kiwis
0: yeah that's true that's true and there
1: is that there yeah. is that level of oh, being overseas mate yeah
0: yeah 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 you know? and also like well, I, I also think there's just a uh, an a Different energy, or maybe just a, 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 on the whole, a different sense of humour. Mm. And I guess you're right in the sense that we are oddities to people in the UK because mm. uh, we're from New Zealand and we sound different. And um, we look, and everyone thinks that we're Middle Eastern uh, mm-hmm. because they can't, they don't know what a Samoan is. Absolutely. And when you say you're from Samoa, they go, Sorry? And then I'm, I'm Samoan. And they're mm. like, Samoa. No, it's Samoa. 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 Yes, yes. I'm sorry, you're, you mean Samoa. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so, but thank you for correcting the way that I say the country <laughs> that I am from. Um, but yeah, uh, it's... But it is. I think there is just a maybe... Um, I mean, New Zealand's got that horrible cringe um, culture of the very idea or notion of a New Zealander trying to be funny is offensive mm. to, to people, mm. which is... Utterly bizarre, but that's changing. But that's fine. But
1: I honestly don't think Kiwis understand how big you are in the UK.
0: Even though I try and tell them every time in supermarkets, waiting in yeah. line for coffee, I'm huge overseas, guys. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's very sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet for you to say that. I, I wouldn't, to be honest, I wouldn't disagree with that. And, and the, the kindest way, but and the least in the most self-deprecating way possible.
1: Mm, oh, oh, you are obviously. absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, no, but that's what I mean. It's like, I'm not trying to say it as like a, like a, a massive compliment, no, but no, more no. as a statement of fact. And I feel that there are New Zealand performers who are so much more appreciated um, and famous
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and recognized yeah. overseas.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it nice to come home to New Zealand. And for people to hate you and not and know who you are. And hate you <laughs> and just go, is she yeah. even salmon? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. yeah. It was I I don't know, she's funny. Incredibly humbling.
0: Does it- it's incredibly <laughs> humbling. Well, it- even, well to, to what you're saying about like um, the kind of boost of like, I don't know, just like the, uh, the excitement of seeing someone who is from the, your country hmm. doing that kind of stuff in a in a such a strange way i feel that about myself in a really detached way right. and not in a way of going it is almost a detached way of going this is so exciting because i'm from this i'm from new zealand like, mm. i find it entertaining yeah. so like on the tube when i'd find like they'd be like they'd be like taskmaster uh, things on the, on mm. the the uh, on the on the tube i'd be like this is hilarious this yeah. is ridiculous and surreal and shouldn't be happening cuz i am like, not from here, I'm just a little worm, and I've managed to weasel my way onto UK television, and I find it, and it was the same thing, yeah, with um, just all, all the Edinburgh stuff, I just found it really um, shocking and it's more surprising of the fact that people like liked the stuff I was doing. Mm. Um, and. Again, I, I, th- I had this problem with you the, the other day. Where I was trying to explain this feeling and then a friend was like, you're describing pride. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Oh, I understand what, yeah. pr- oh, this is pride. But it's pride to like, it's pride to genuinely represent you, where you're from on that kind of you know, stage, the comedy stage that, uh, like uh, in, in, in the UK and stuff. So um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's, um, uh, a cool thing but I, and I do find it really weird that I have more work in the UK than I'd have here mm. and that um still to this day when I come back here it's um it's much it's it's much like I think more people know that I do comedy mm. but um I don't think as many people like my comedy here <laughs> as they do yeah. in England <laughs> which is bizarre I don't know
1: it's you're not still getting asked the question though
0: what the,
1: are you Still, doing comedy? He's
0: still doing, doing comedy? Are you still doing comedy? Are you still... still doing, what are you up to? Is that, yeah,
1: what are you doing now? Is what, that, you do now? Is
0: that, what are you doing now? What are you oh, doing I'm just that, comedy,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you overseas now? Is that where you are? Like, does, does
0: I always get... I always get... So, are you... Um. No, no, no it's more like... Are you... It's you um, you're living here? Mm. I'm like, no, no, I don't live here. I'm just... Oh, oh, cool. How long have you been in London? Mm. Four years. <laughs> I've been away for four <laughs> years. Has no one noticed? My family has noticed slightly. Friends, a friends always like. So, how long, um, how long are you up there for? Indefinitely. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, that's changed now. Diddy, 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 Eating fried chicken in the shower for the relatives, diddy, you know, diddy, diddy, and the ones you've just met. Diddy, 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 do. Was uh, it a planned
1: visit coming back? Uh here? yeah. Yeah, all that like, because I. Because I was here for my parents' birthdays, mm. and and this lovely series as well. Mm. Um, but
0: mainly the birthdays.
1: But mainly, mainly the birthdays. Um,
0: no, ma'am. Okay, and, I'm going to take another then, bite and I'll explain yeah. what, what happened. What? I, I won't take another bite. Mm. Um, I was... So basically all of this kicked off. I, at the start of the year, I did a bunch of stuff. I managed to shoot my comedy special mm-hmm. um, in a live venue in January mm-hmm. when this definitely was around London, which mm-hmm. is very interesting to think about in retrospect. Um, but basically it got to March and I was just about to start filming the um, BBC series that I um, uh, had written and um, with my friend, friend Alice Nedden, and we were on our way. So all this stuff was kind of happening. COVID was, it, was, it was getting worse and worse. Boris Johnson was talking about herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically remember him talking about herd immunity when I was in an Uber on the way to Magic Mike Live <laughs> um, in Leicester Square, possibly the craziest place to go amidst uh, the COVID threat, but I was like, I'm getting this in. I'm just get I'm getting it in. <laughs> yeah. And then Priorities. I'm out. Yeah. But um yeah, we were on our way into um do a read through with the whole cast and we were a week out from shooting and then um we were on our way through, and I was like, This is something's gonna happen. And I got in that morning and then the producer was came out of a meeting and was like, Okay, so a little change of plans. We um, are shifting all of the filming to October and you are going to write a second series of the show and so we could possibly do two series back to back. So the moment that happened, Alice booked her ticket home, her flight home, and I was kind of freaking out being like, like, what should I do? And then the next day, as she was leaving to go get her plane, I booked a ticket, so I left about 24 hours after her. So essentially it went from me about to start a six-week shoot for my sitcom in one day to 24 hours later, packing drunk, crying, crying on, my, on the bus on the way home, openly, um, <laughs> getting home, drinking a whole bottle of red wine, packing incredibly poorly, and getting on a one-way flight back here um, to write the rest of the sh- show, um, crying the whole way. And, yeah, and I've been here for five months now. And I'm heading back okay. in August, but...
1: Can I... Uh, I have two questions. Yes. One, what were you crying over? Um, like, what... what yeah, what, what, good question. Because there's a lot of things. I'm not asking mm. as in, like, why would you cry? I'm <laughs> asking... Crying only, over there's place. so many things to cry <laughs> over. What particularly were you crying mm. over?
0: Mm. I was crying over... Weirdly... um. Not, like, the project um, stopping at all. Part of me was like, yeah, fuck it. Because I'm also incredibly nervous about being in something. And I was like, yep, that's fine. Whatever. Shit happens. I was more crying about, I think it was just intense anxiety about uncertainty. And being on a, and it was the one-way ticketness of it. Mm. And, like, the fact that I genuinely have just been living um, out of a suitcase very privileged to do so because it means that I've been able to travel and work everywhere. But it's, it's, I've been living out of a suitcase for like about four years. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and I'd finally kind of settled in, in London and I was like, cool, this is awesome. I've got this work, you know, set out. I'm going to be here for at least a whole entire year without any interruptions of work and going back to New Zealand. And then it's just immediately, <laughs> completely, your entire, um, thought. Th- like thoughts about your career or your entire kind of vague plan of what, what you wanted to do or achieve mm. just completely disappeared and it was just like it was just shock of being like oh I'm gonna have to go home and live in, uh, with my nan or my friends or with one suitcase of my staff mm. um, and yeah and it was just really sad and just like sad leaving friends up there and and now I'm gonna have the exact same thing leaving here <laughs> yeah and that's, I always found myself in a perpetual state of leaving somewhere <laughs> and it's such an annoying, it's such a horrible feeling. Like it's good because it means that, you know, you with places with people you love and you, um, are, you know, happy. But yeah, it's really, it's a real mind fuck I think um, with it. But um, I think that was what I was crying over. But i am I'm really only really happy when I'm doing stuff and yeah. making stuff and being active. And so as soon as you're in a situation where you've got nothing to look forward to, nothing to like work on, um, I just would like went so, I got so sad. And because and, I remember like genuinely staying up at night, being excited about the things that I could do mm. like in the next five years and mm. just being really excited about all of these prospects and all of these careers, all this career stuff. And And then I was like, oh, that's, completely over and that could potentially be completely over for me in my life and i had to completely readjust in my mind because i'm a catastroph i catastrophize a lot <laughs> i completely but then it was basically me just going Oh, yeah, okay, well, my life's over, as I know, it, and I'll never be a comedian again, so obviously I need to train in some other skill, and maybe live with my, you know, family for a while, and try and e-count, you know, just live off the savings of what I've got so far, and just have really small overheads and stuff, but that's fine, and hopefully I'll find meaning in something else, like I probably, you know, what actually makes me happy, what does make me happy is my friends and my family, and maybe I can try, you know, find someone I love and and settle down and actually living in New Zealand isn't that bad it's actually fine that I will not achieve any of the dreams that I wanted for myself since I was a teenager that's absolutely fine Um, because really you are all going to die and you you could have been dead now so really all of this is extra time all of this is extra time because feasibly you could have died last week and so anything you're experiencing now is a plus so really you don't need to worry because your life feels over and it is over in some sort of way but you know you can just become a farmer and that's fine and Genuinely, like that's my, that's just, that's what I think daily, <laughs> like, <laughs> daily that goes through my, my head of going, like I have abject despair about existing mm. every day and it's just like, just get used to it really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think I have anxiety. Apparently a lot of people have told me that.
1: So you just like wake up, yeah, have your morning coffee and mm-hmm. be like, all right. Farmer or comedian? Yeah. Which route? What are we doing?
0: Completely. <laughs> do you ever feel that like though with comedy? Like, do you feel like? Yeah. It is a, it's like a, it's not the most stable fucking like um, no. uh, thing, is it?
1: Well, I feel like, I mean, I at least had a couple of waves during lockdown. Mm-hmm. And this is probably a side effect of growing up in the church. Yeah. Where I just went, well, it's funny whenever, I don't know about you, whenever these moments happen, I always hear like my granddad's voice mm-hmm. coming and going. Well, maybe this is time, like ra- <laughs> like my granddad's Rafiki or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is the sign <laughs> <laughs> to give up the comedy. Oh
0: my god! I'm in Wellington. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I've it's got to be a lawyer.
0: <laughs> You've got to be a lawyer. Yeah.
1: Oh, something. I don't think I could do that now. I
0: reckon you could possibly.
1: Oh, I'd be so. I mean, I'd just go back to drinking. I think.
0: Possibly, I don't know. Well, you know, my dad is mm-hmm. basically like my dad's so funny. Every time I see him, I'll be I'll tell him, you know, he, I'm heading back up. And mm. you know, I'm thinking, is like things are dire up there, Rose. <laughs> things are dire. Are you financially secure? <laughs> you bought gold. You need to buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> you don't. And you, I told you, I told you years ago, you needed to invest in gold because gold is the only thing that's going to have value in the future. We are on the brink of a and not, uh, the biggest recession that we've ever seen. This is not even, like, basically my dad is... Um... Tongan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, get the gold crown, okay? Um, I am, I, you know, he is incredibly uh, just in, in the internet, and um, he's, um, he's in the Matrix. No, he is, the thing is, is, is that he's got so many far-out theories about stuff, borderlining on conspiracy theory. but the thing is I wouldn't even say that because half of the time he is right you right. know what I mean like it's not wrong that I should have some gold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like but the way he goes about it it's just like I'm always like stop telling me to buy gold man
1: I love the journey we've just gone on from you being like yeah you know I'm not sure I'm really comfortable with my own pride to mm-hmm. there's no reason I shouldn't have gold
0: no <laughs> no all I'm saying gold ain't expensive you just want <laughs> you want a little bit of gold A little nugget of gold, and then that will be, uh, honestly, in the future, we'll be be trading with gold. Gold Uh, will never devalue.
1: This is the mental health advice we we bring to the people.
0: Buy gold. Good luck, though. Have to go on the dark web to get it. Go buy certificates. Buy some gold. I'm in the market for gold. If you have gold, let me know. Eating fried chicken in the shower. Why drive and cry when you can shower and fry? With your
1: anxiety and with your fear, yeah, how are you? With you're having quite a run.
0: I'm having a run, a run of, you, a of run success. Of, oh, right, the of anxiety. Your
1: film trailer just came out.
0: Yeah. Oh God, don't even talk to me about anxiety and that. <laughs> I um, I literally, I had genuinely like, started having chest pains about that, and then uh, <laughs> the the morning of, so nervous, um, so. Overwhelmed by that, and then drove around Auckland for half a day, alternating screaming and like crying. Okay. Because I was, again, what we're saying about control—like to have something out there that is wonderful and it's going to be an amazing film. I haven't seen it. Mm. I can't bring myself to watch it. You can't
1: watch. That's right. Because
0: I hadn't had every. I hadn't controlled every aspect of it, and that's something that stand up really messes you up about i think Mm. with other projects and not to say that you can't collaborate with other people and you know because you do i think you collaborate with so many other people when you do stand up but but ultimately the product that you're creating the is is entirely in your control Mm. and most of the time anyway and so to to kind of let go of that is such a mind fuck thing for me and um yeah. So, so I, 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 I can't. I can't do it. Also, I hate. My own parents at the moment, and I just couldn't even think of looking at myself in that trailer. But, um,
1: well, I mean, I mean look, look, I'm family biased, but you look great. Thank
0: you. So, but, but
1: you look great, <laughs> like professionally, you look great as an actor, and, it too, and, I, and that's not scary. me, that's scary, a lot scary of people. to be an actor, though.
0: but scare, I never properly acted. You know what I felt, and I said this to my friend, I said, said this to Coda Forrester when she was like, Oh, the trailer looks great, and she's in it, and, and I was like, oh, Yes, but the what I genuinely felt is watching it just seeing me do like dramatic acting Mm. honestly it was like oh my god what a fucking hard out like oh (laughs) you think you are cool oh you think you're actually cool and can do acting and be like that's embarrassing and that's I was just terrified I was like everyone's gonna think that everyone's gonna go oh my god why is she trying to act even though like I you know acting has been a thing that I would love to do and have have done you know all, all, all throughout doing comedy but um, yeah, it's just a terrifying thing to be vulnerable in another uh, s- state. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Yeah. It, is, it is a weird... It'd be like, you know...
1: No, I felt the same way when we started this podcast. Really? When the first episodes dropped, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna look like... I mean, I do look like an idiot, but <laughs> the wrong kind of <laughs> idiot. It's, uh, it's, do you always bully yourself with the voices of your
0: 17-year-old contemporaries? Yes. No, um, yes. Because that was quite a high school drop-in
1: that you did totally. when you impersonated Oh yeah, it.
0: completely. Yeah. yeah, it was, that was, that was it. I think I am my, most of any mental health things that I experience being an anxiety or bouts of, you know, just moments of, of the old, as I say, the old mild depresso, the old house MD, um, <laughs> is, um, uh, Yeah, a lot to do with being really hard on myself. And I say this time and time again because it's like, I think particularly comedy, it's like you are, the way you get better is to better yourself, always competing with being better, a better Mm. version of who you are as a performer. So you have to to be your own critic and you have to critique yourself and your own work constantly. Mm. But when there's no one, when that voice gets bigger than the voice defending you, (laughs) Mm. um, it's, and then when that voice then seeps into other aspects of your brain that don't have anything to do with your performance and your work, that's like, it becomes this thing where it's like you fall into these patterns and habits of whenever you have a good thought about yourself, constantly piggybacking that with a criticism or a humbling kind of thought or bringing you back down and going, no, it's not good enough. You need to be better than that. Mm. And to, And then that just then starts kind of, yeah, you apply that to other aspects of, your life, and then it just gets out of control to the point where you have, like, it's hard to explain. Like, um, I'm like, it's a compulsion to, to have the negative voice, like, always. It almost feels good. Like, yeah. that's a re- very strange thing, but it feels good to have a negative voice, and, and um, uh, yeah, like, I know that that's the most fucked up thing of all time. And I think that's the problem is undoing that kind of um, sort of compulsion to uh, make yourself feel bad. Is there a comfort in that? I think there is a comfort in that. And maybe there's a comfort in in the fact that, oh, if I've got a bad voice and I'm feeling bad about myself, that means that I'm going to have to um, push through and prove it wrong. Mm. And which is like not always true, not always right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can't prove that wrong because also there's also an assumption that any critique or negative thought or bad thought is um, a rational thought when Mm. oftentimes it's an an irrational thought. But um, because we kind of like connect cynicism and you know, like, you know, all of that stuff with almost this like, it's on the side of truth or, you know, being rational, Mm. um, uh, you forget that It's that's not that's not those, those are not the the ends of the spectrum, you know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, it's 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 uh, it's something I need to definitely control and be nicer to myself. You know, if I was um, (laughs) impartial to who to being me, if I wasn't me, I'd be furious at how I feel about myself, but um, but
1: so you have issues with control and you need to learn to control that.
0: (laughs) Yes, Yes, exactly. I see. I mean, do you think that the solve to having issues with control? Is to let go of control. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I don't know if that's the solve.
1: I don't. I don't. I think that's the cliche. Yeah. But I I found in my experience it's more embracing collaboration. Yeah. Which I think is sort of what you do with, with um, your big collaborator is Alice Snellen. Yes. And so I, I think you're definitely on that that pathway. It is. Yes. And of course you work with the uh, the Snort Improv.
0: Snort Improv. Um. Yes.
1: So you know there's. I, yeah, I've had issues with control, yeah. and I remember back earlier in my career, it mm. definitely affected my ability to work in other mediums. Yes, you know, like yes. to to write in theatre, things like this with radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, so I don't think the just mm-hmm. let go, man. I don't know if that's a way. I'll ask our yeah. clinical psychologist, so have to help.
0: Absolutely.
1: But it's I do think collaboration. Yeah if If it's not the pathway, then it definitely helps ease the the internal tension
0: totally gives well, you another perspective it gives you it gives you um yeah um what would you call it um uh oh yeah perspective <laughs> 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 that's it I mean, even with death like I've got massive death anxiety i've had so really? yeah oh totally I had a really bad you know a couple a couple of years ago, and it kind of fades in and out, but it's it's always present and it's always like yeah it's just a constant thing and I was talking to my friend Johnny about it and he um he put it so perfectly because it's so true he's like death is unacceptable it's unacceptable <laughs> it's just it. Is, but the, the, and it sounds so funny to say it, but it is it is unacceptable in the sense that it's how how can you accept a state of being that isn't being like that you can't fathom not existing so mm. therefore you can't Imagine that, and that's the scary part of it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. an uncertainty, isn't it? But it's like because you can't accept the fact that y- y- you can't experience the opposite of living mm. because it's the lack of ex- the opposite of living is a lack of experience, right? Yeah. Um, that's what makes it so terrifying. And um, I've found no peace in any way mm. of dealing with that kind of anxiety um, because I don't necessarily believe in anything, you know, existing beyond that. But, um, but uh, I really wish there, I really wish there was. One thing I do think, well, I'm just so like, I've had such an amazing time doing comedy as a career and been so like, fricking blessed to have those opportunities that, that I did work for, um, mm. for sure. But um, I just can't, you know, it, it's, it's awesome. But you I think- Do um, death
1: anxiety fuels the work ethic?
0: 100%. So th- this is my thing I think is that I tie my being in lockdown it was really interesting. I was like, it just became so clear to me that I tie my entire value, the personal value system, or the way in which I value myself as a person, on capital. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's on capital, it's on the amount of work you do and then what you make and how people take that. So Rastafari teaching <laughs> It is so opposite, so opposite anti capitalist vibe of my whole fucking family, you know. And then I was like, fuck capitalism has done me one, because, cause, cause, you know, I don't value myself at all beyond what I can make and mm. do, um, albeit, you know, it's like in the arts, so yeah. it's, it's pretty a little bit airy-fairy, but but I, I just realized, I was like, oh, well, the way, reason I feel shit about myself right now is I'm not making something, and I'm not doing something, and I don't feel any value in myself as a person um, otherwise, because I think, definitely family and friend relationships and you know traditional life kind of things have Mm -hmm. suffered because you've kind of followed a dream and i think it's it is definitely a sacrifice to go to try and do career stuff Mm. and and to travel so much and be alone so much of the time and Mm. work really hard to do stuff in comedy you 100 percent sacrifice um you know being around your family being far away from your family and re- having relationships, having mm. the idea of having a family. Like for me I'm like I have no interest in having a child mm. <laughs> because I enjoy what I do and I don't want to like be a be a sub pub <laughs> you know, ma- not sub yeah. but like, you know, not like the you know, not the mum that I'd, you know, possibly want to be because I would uh have to sacrifice something else that I love. Although that's a whole nother thing in that I think. Um it's be, it's cool that for lots of for women not to have children a lot of the time. Yeah, I think they need more role models like that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think you definitely do sacrifice some. Um, you you don't you don't
1: have to whisper that one to me. I'm I'm, I'm not going to pull an older cousin thing. <laughs> <I know. laughs> what are you talking about? A child is a sacred thing, You're my <laughs> uh,
0: It's like that. That's the voice in my head. You have got your uncle, and I've got I've got my mum being like. Mm are you sure you'd be this? such a
1: great mom you'd be such a great mom
0: oh, you're so mom. caring you don't say no don't say neb- never never say never <laughs> she, 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 um, she was like the ages in which she had my oldest brother at 21 and mm. so she had me at 28 and I was her last uh, baby and, um, and it was so funny the ages keep getting uh, just a little bit older every time yeah. so when I was young she was like 26 26 how your first one 26 fine absolutely great and then it's <laughs> getting older and older being like 28's fine as well 28's fine <laughs> now she's just given up she's like do what you want who cares i don't really mind i know part of me part of me is scared for when my the biology of my body perhaps is uh, kind of tricks me into wanting to wanting kids <laughs> you know will happen in a couple of years yeah. and i need to really kind of just work against it i really do i like you know doing crafts you know
1: yeah is that your vibe?
0: Yeah, I just like my hobbies. I like doing my thing. And ultimately, if 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 tomorrow if if, if you if I if I touch wood died mm. tomorrow, mm. a regret would not have been not having kids. Yeah. So, you know. But I've like, done all I've done a lot of stuff already.
1: What what kind of crafts do you do?
0: I do crochet, I do mm. a little bit of embroidery. I'm trying to get back into sewing. I'd be such a good mum. I'd be such a good mum. I know. <laughs> no, that's no, the irony. You're... I actually would be a very good mum.
1: Nah, you'll be a solid auntie.
0: I know. This is it. You'll be a solid this auntie, thing, man. I've got a niece now, and yeah. I love her, and I love. How, she's the cutest little baby, and I love her. But I don't feel. I don't feel a maternal instinct yeah, with her. But I feel a strong auntie instinct with her, and that I was like, oh my god, we can go go on holiday when we she's older and she can just come and stay with me and I can can be like the cool auntie and who will be like basically like you know she'll come to me when she doesn't want to talk to her stupid parents about something and I was like that is it and then I got a haircut the week after and I got an auntie haircut (laughs) I was like I was like it's all falling into place it was like this kind of short 80s very aunties haircut and I was like look it was meant to be God wanted this, thank you.
1: Um, We ask this of every single guest Mm -hmm. in the shower, um, Mm -hmm. and that is, uh, is there anything else you would like to share in the shower?
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Um, (sighs) I'd like to share, that. I first of all, I'm sorry, I don't know if um, I've been very good conversation today. You've been great. I don't know, I I think I ramble on too much and I get really um, self-conscious about that. Um, So apologies, I'd like to share an apology about that and um
1: rose has anxiety in case anyone's
0: wondering, <laughs> i'd like to share that actually because i i don't know i didn't know what like be having anxiety was and i will say this having parents that i say have had a myriad of mental health issues and have never addressed them <laughs> and have repressed them due to the generation they grew up with, Mm -hmm. the society they grew up with, the culture they grew up in, Mm -hmm. particularly in in fucking, you know, like, so I recently, I'd like to share this stupid thing. I was looking for a therapist. I was, I went to this therapist um, that I found on the internet. I was in the waiting room and um, she came out and she went, oh, you're taller than what I thought you'd be. And I was like, what? And she's like, and then the receptionist was like, how would you know how tall she is? And she went, she's on TV. And I was like, I'm not really... And the receptionist was like, what have you been on? I'm like, I'm not really on TV much in the news. And she's like, no, no, she's on TV all the time. Come on in. Then she proceeded to um, recommend the Mindspace, uh, the Headspace app and Walks for me. And I was like, fuck this fucking bullshit. And then I realized every therapist I've seen has been like a middle-aged white lady. And so then I looked into, you know, therapists that were not that were perhaps polynesian you know pacific mm. you know mm. uh or maori it's and they're in just none yeah. <laughs> and like because they all kind of you know go into different sectors but uh i just think it's a real interesting and uh unfortunate thing that that aspect of mental health is not catered to even within pakeha um practitioners of therapy an understanding of like the cultural constructs around not being, not being white, like Mm. with mental health to try and explain the background of my, you know, my parents, um, and my dad, you know, all of that to someone who doesn't fundamentally understand it. And this tries Mm. to put it into like a European framework. Mm. Fucking sucks, and mm. I, I I hope that that changes in this country because I have anxiety apparently, and um, which has been well repressed and undiagnosed for many years, because I think you know, um, people just don't you know cater to that, and um, so yeah, I'd like to share that gripe with with mental health, you know, services in 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 New Zealand. And in the UK, I'm fucked because there's no, there's fucking no, there's no, how are there any salmons up there?
1: I know. I mean. No one knows
0: where where it is, you know?
1: It's um, because it's, you see them. Yeah well, That's okay. how you know Exactly as yeah, You yeah. see it like, When you see a Samoan In the UK It's amazing right like, You know <laughs> Samoan Tongan. Tonga like, I have been on uh, Regent Street During the Christmas rush <laughs> yeah. Which if you don't know Listeners Is busy as hell It's like yeah. a million people yeah, On one yeah. street yeah. And I was walking along And I heard like, I don't know how I heard over the buses I heard a sh-
0: and i like to the
1: point where I just went nah it can't be and I, just, and I looked up and I looked across the road and there's these two Samoan guys with like big ass bags I don't know what they did for a job oh but I, I wish I knew because they were yeah. rich as hell <laughs> with big ass bags and they just saw me like hey also, ding. oh <laughs> my like, god hey
0: how's it going I'm so happy hi hey. that's <laughs> so good that's, I fucking love it. And that. and that, that has happened to me in Edinburgh as well I yeah. remember I was living above the fish and chip shop over in um, Newtown yeah. the purple one have oh, you yeah, been there once? yeah, one? yeah, yeah. The one. Um one uh, and and, and just like it's so funny when you walk past someone because you can tell you know you know like like the someone uncle like mm. face and build like when you see it, when you walk past and you're just like slowly eyeing each other up just mm. going we
1: know each other <laughs> real, I, I actually so went to funny. school with because I know the Samoans in Edinburgh because yes. I'm other all the time I yeah. went to school with one of them oh really it was hilarious oh my god it's one thing when you know the Samoans another when yep. you actually went to school, school in the hut <laughs> um next time we're in Edinburgh I'll totally take it because they do cookouts
0: that's so oh, that's them so
1: good and, the, like, and all the Pacific art they get it with Pacific artists round
0: that's sick
1: we'll get you in man
0: oh please get me in there I'm the whitest Samoan you've ever met so I need to you know, get in,
1: get I'll tell talk about that point you made, not yeah. to get too cultural, but I'll, I'll acknowledge all I'm one of my 10 years older than you.
0: Yeah. About that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, what, how old are you? 38. Yeah, 10 years. 10 years yeah, 10. 10 yeah. 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 All the senior uh, Pacific professionals I know in mental health, PhDs, mm-hmm. experts in their field. Mm-hmm are not practitioners, (laughs) clinical practitioners. They are consultants. um, They Mm. are uh, working in building the structures. They're doing all the development. But on the groundwork, you're absolutely right, 100%. It's very hard to find Pacific mm-hmm. professionals. It's yeah. a little bit, and I, I will stress a little bit easier for Māori, Maori, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as it should be in their own country. 100%.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, finding that Pacific voice. And when I uh, needed counselling for alcohol, I was very lucky in that my counsellor was a very old uh, Pākehā woman, mm-hmm. but um, with Māori and Pacific family. yeah so while she wasn't of the culture she was in the culture and she and she had the framework because that means so much
0: yeah and it's not even necessarily like you know it is you're right i mean it's just that they're all they're all in like the more public health sector and that's good because they're, they're kind of hopefully changing things from a in a bigger level but it's um even just an understanding a fucking just give them, do a certificate, do a course on when list all the things that you specialize in on those websites, Yeah, which just so many things, just even an understanding of how things are different for, um, when you, you you're of a different culture and, and just even ask questions about that, um, is really interesting and would be, yeah, it'd be such a helpful, awesome thing, um, to to be to for people to provide, but um, hopefully that's something that changes. But yeah, man, it's just I'm just sick of telling these, you know, white ladies my problems and them not understanding most of them. And, look, don't get me wrong, oh. I've got a lot of white ladies in my family, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah but, no, me too. You know, <laughs> But it's very hard when you're talking to a white therapist about how one of the issues is that you're pretty white.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah exactly.
1: I know. like, how is this a problem? Yeah. you're like, well, <laughs> you've clearly never been called plastic in your yeah, life. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I know. Fuck. I know. We've got to change this, man. We've got to do something about it. Preach. 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 This <laughs> podcast will do a lot of work, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, the right people are listening. We'll be the face of it. The, the, the you know, the half, half-salmon who are like. You thank you for us. coming to
1: half-salmon <laughs> sermons. <laughs> and in between
0: us, we make a full-salmon. Yeah. It's really exciting. That's that's how it works. That's how it works.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rosemary Fayot. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming and sharing some awesome chicken in the shower.
0: Thank you so much for the chicken. It was delicious. I really appreciate the hospitality. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: Eating Fried Chicken in a Shower was produced by Charlie Bleakley and presented by me, James Norkise. The engineer was Blair Stagpole. The executive producers for RNZ were Justin Gregory and Tim Watkin. Subscribe to our podcast however you just found this podcast. Or, if you're listening on the radio, go to RNZ's podcast page and look for the chicken. And when you rate us, only give us five stars. Remember, more stars, more chicken. And if you want to share your safe space or comfort food, tweet me at J
0: Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name.